This is your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo, the host of the No Borders, No Race podcast show. Join me every other Tuesday on the Boston Bastard Brigade as we spin some of the hottest tracks from the land of the rising sun. Rock, pop, metal, punk, ska, the whole works. We also sprinkle in some of the best and brightest alternative artists and bands from all over the world, creating a truly universal experience for listeners everywhere. Plus, hear my thoughts on the latest in gaming, anime, film, and even welcome a guest or two to showcase something new and enticing for your well-being. That's No Borders, No Race on every other Tuesday at B3Crew.com. The only show where a song like this can be followed by this. Because we play whatever the hell we want. My friends, Tom, Panda, I really appreciate you guys coming up in here. And I do have some agenda items, but it's good to be here. I've got a new job, so if anybody wanted to ask me about that, they could. I've got some news stories that we could look at. Yeah, so I'm just chatting. I'm not really... Oh, thank you for hosting me. I don't even know what that means, but I think that means you're like added me to your Twitch stream. So thank you. You know what's funny is in OBS, I do not see, I see like some of the chat coming through, but it's, I don't know. Hey, day one, I'll figure that out later. So we're twitching, we're streaming, things are happening. I don't think you see my chat, but that's sort of okay. Let me tell you how I got to this point here. I actually had to set up with a really nice 4K camera this one, this main camera. So this one is my webcam just for stupid Zoom meetings and, and whatever on my MacBook. I have a really nice Logitech 4K camera that was set up on a really elaborate a teleprompter. And in here I had the 4K camera and it was all set up ready to go yesterday. And then when I went to stream, that camera wasn't turning on. I don't think it's broken. It's just like... I have a lot of different cameras and tripods and stuff here. So I didn't want to go messing with it. So I said, why don't I put my laptop up here and kind of make it look okay. Very distracting to hear myself talk because when we do our podcasts, we don't typically do it that way. We just listen to each other's voices, but I feel like I need to monitor the sound. I'll just move on to agenda items as I have them, but does anybody have any AMA for me? Anybody want to ask me any questions? I think it's only Tom in here because Panda said he didn't like me anymore and he has an alert. He's probably doing what people do on Sunday. I just got back from doing stupid laundry and we always have a litany of chores to do. Okay, thank you, Tom. And I will give you a special thank you, Tom, for asking a question. Why did I go to Twitch? Well, I wanted to know how to do it, basically. I spent the quarantine learning how to edit video, and this is a really long story, but 
I kept seeing podcasts that were posted on YouTube and they had the kind of like the graph of people talking like a boom, 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 like the oscillator thing. I was like, how do you do that? I do have a background in video. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn Final Cut in the quarantine. And I did that. And then I figured out how to do that one simple thing, which was the podcasting, which is just a plugin you can buy. But it's cool how it works because it looks at the MP3 file and matches it to what's going on. And you can adjust all the little things. Anyway, so we're uploading our Vampire Council, what we do in the Shadows podcast there. I was like, cool, I, I figured out how to do that. Even stuff like if you watch Pod Save America, how they film a Zoom call when they do their podcasts, I think is really cool how they have a little frame around everybody. And I was like, how do you do that? So I kind of figured out how to do that stuff with Final Cut Pro. I would give myself a solid C at being able to edit a video podcast and post it online. But also, I think that I really did learn a lot. And what I'm doing by going on Twitch and trying to go live. Actually, I think that if this is worth it, I probably would pay for a service where you go live on everything. Knowing the background of the video sources and everything in Final Cut, I was like, I, I know OBS is free. Why don't I try to do the podcast? I just did a reaction video. So I figured the reaction video might be better done sort of live and maybe interacting with people. So that's why I did that with, with Twitch. It's just fun. It seems fun to go live. I've gone live on my phone with no background and no artwork or anything. I've pretty much taught myself all this. I'm still a rookie here. I'm not claiming that I did anything great, but I, I really watched a couple YouTube videos. I started taking a class and then I learned how to do most of this stuff like within the last like week or so. And it's not perfect. I know it's my first stream. So I'm just like, you know, to stuck to do this. And I actually... Here's another reason that I'm doing this today because of my new job. I like had to take all of the stuff out of my office in Cambridge and bring some of it home. So I had all this gear and computer stuff and tripods and stuff. So it was kind of also an excuse just to do that. So that's cool. That camera like thing kind of bummed me out, but this MacBook one doesn't look so bad. I know I have to color correct both of these cameras. Let's see if I can do it now. Everything in OBS is really way easier than it was going to be. Really pretty cool and free, which is great. Now, I wish that it was free that you could just stream to wherever, but I see why they make you pay for it because, ooh, look at that. It's like a lot nicer. I just changed this camera. just toned it down a little bit. I'm also not very good at doing things with cameras and photography and, and video cameras, actually shooting it, having the tripod set up and thinking about the shot that way. And if, there, if it was a better camera, I guess it, you'd be able to see like that nebula or whatever in more in focus. It's just my Apple TV. Or if I had a DSLR camera, it probably it would be a little bit better in general, just because I'm not like a great photographer. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not a great photographer or videographer. I want to learn how to do stuff so that it's cool looking, but I mostly just guess. And when we have to do something like get pictures taken, like Duncan took pictures of us for Secret Boston. You know, I love having Duncan do stuff or paying somebody, any photographer, basically, because man, it's just, it's so hard for me. I'm, I'm more of a 
if anything, a visual artist that's more something with graphic design or with actually drawing and, and painting. I think I'm a little bit more comfortable doing that kind of stuff than actually I don't know anything about lights. I basically am just trying to figure it all out as I go. And there's great YouTube videos that do tell you how to do a lot of stuff. So that is a long, long explanation to your AMA. Thank you for asking a question because it's very cool. Now, what are we going to talk about today? I put together a list of some things that we can talk about and let's see if i can get that up here i also have a stream deck but i am so such a noob i really know how it works and also because that other that other what do you call it like that other camera is like not it's down now so like i didn't know if it was still working with those with those things so here's my here's my list of ideas oh okay so yeah why don't we why don't we talk about car wash there's this movie starring George Carlin from 1973 that's the most ridiculous black exploitation movie in the entire world it was so funny i heard about it on you know we have that podcast about curb your enthusiasm and the actor that plays leon jv smooth he has a new podcast called may i elaborate on the team coco conan o'brien website and he was doing this impression of this movie from 1973 called car wash and I've been listening to a lot of Jim Croce and he has that song that's, that's, you know, working at the car wash blues. And I just thought it was hilarious. So I'm watching this awesome movie this weekend. It's called Car Wash. It's 1973. And I highly recommend you check it out. Watch a trailer for Car Wash. It's so good. But number one, number one podcast recommendation, JV Smooth, may I elaborate? At the car wash. Yeah, it's like the most fun song. Oh, Richard Pryor. Did I mention that? Let's look at IMDb for car wash. There's other famous people in it, but I I couldn't really remember exactly who it was. 1976, I might have said 73. A comedic take on the daily love of car wash employees, chronicling their hopes, fears, dreams, tribulations, and meeting some eccentric customers along the way. Oh, I thought this was great too. Joel Schumacher wrote this thing. And Joel Schumacher passed away in 2020. I maybe knew that, but I maybe didn't because 2020 was uh, a big fuck show of fucks. And it was, and it was, he died in January. So who knows? Who knows? But uh, hey, Joel Schumacher, I gotta say, man, this was a hilarious, hilarious movie. Frank and the JA, the Pointer Sisters. Some people I just do not know. Why isn't Richard Pryor like right there in George Carlin? Let's deal with that. IMDb is so weird, man. Look at this. Like George Carlin is way down here. He keeps asking for. There's definitely a inappropriate 1970s shit going on because he keeps asking for. George Carlin keeps asking for a black girl that's blonde which would have been really unusual back then or something or like some sort of joke about but you know there's plenty of people of all races with blonde hair now but everybody has a a funny hair color oh garrett morris from saturday Night live of course is in that dude everybody watched fucking car wash it's the best i'm telling you I'm telling you it's so good let's just see what else is going on here secret boston news so yeah i 
I have a new job. I'm director of content at Secret Boston. I'm really psyched to start working there. But anyways, I'm still at Do617 because a lot of people have been asking me that. If you have ongoing business with Do617, please continue to support them after I'm gone. I'm there for another week or so. I didn't really put a timer at the end because we need to get our new person set up. But just like there's just no there's no ill will like nothing weird happened nothing, nothing like that we're getting out of the quarantine this opportunity came up i get to work with sylvia it's awesome and michelle who's great I'm really into all the things we're gonna do there in the future we got like a bunch of um, cool ideas coming up just in for june so it's like i'm starting and we're already getting the ground running so it's great they covered it in boston magazine about that there's two secret Bostons and there's these two competing Van Gogh exhibits where I don't even, I don't even know. You have to read it because I'm still confused by it. Anyways, we are the real secret Boston. We've been here since 2010 and we're a native to Boston, you know? So it's kind of weird that this international company is trying to trying to muscle their way in here. I mean, I've worked for international companies and national companies. If you're trying to build a community, you want to be local. So it doesn't make any sense to me that they would even want to be muscling in. They can name themselves anything, you know? Anyways, I don't speak for any of my employers. I'm just saying these are my opinions. But yeah, so it's really exciting. And the best way to describe it is the way I've been describing it to my dad. I have the same job. For the most part, just somewhere else. Because most of the time I was at Do Six One Seven, I worked with Sylvia, and so it's just really rad to be able to, you know, join up with her again and, and do some cool work. The quarantines, you know, I'm telling you, it just was tough with no events. And here I'm working for Do Six One Seven, trying to promote events, and it was mostly just streams, and it was like just wearing everybody down, you know. So here we are. D617 is going to do awesome things. If they hire who I think they're going to hire, then nothing changes. Everything you expect, the good daily emails, ticket giveaways, the really cool stuff. They have a thing called Do More that they're launching, which is a subscription membership service. So check that out. Just please, please continue to support D617 after I'm out of there because it's important to me. I'm going to still support them as much as I can. I mean, you know, it's like we're in the same space, but every time I've had a job in music business here, everybody gets along. Everybody's super friendly. So let's just keep those vibes rolling. I think it's good. I think it's important that we all sort of support each other. And that's what it's all about. From Bowery to Live Nation to independent promoters, like there's a lot going down out in the city for everybody to have fun and get along <laughs> so anyways oh next up on here is called photoshop tutorials i've been looking at learning how to do this obs and stuff but i get a little distracted and i want to do some promotion for this and i think i did a pretty cool job of learning some stuff on photoshop that i had never really learned before it's stuff that i found interesting to work on let's see if i can go on to my instagram because i think it's there i was kind of going a little bit crazy with some of the some of the designs i wanted to use super retro looking okay so let's look at this for a minute you can see a little bit here though 
what I've done is kind of fuzzied out some text with these cool Photoshop techniques. So it's mostly just Gaussian blur. And the other thing is that you go into the filter gallery and use stuff that I would never usually touch, like cutouts and stuff like that. And I don't know if you go on my Instagram, sorry, I don't have a really good version of that to show you in OBS, but whatever. I just want to say that for anyone, if you want to learn something, you can do it. I don't think that I'm great at being a video editor, but I learned enough to be able to do certain things I wanted to do. I wanted to create more content for my YouTube. I wanted to do reaction videos. I wanted to do that thing for a podcast to post audio. There's other things I wanted to do too, but there's a whole other program called Motion where you can do animations and stuff. A lot of Twitch people have these animations and YouTubers have these animations, intros. I'm not going to get crazy into that, but I have learned so much just on YouTube and classes on LinkedIn and classes on Coursera. So for like 20 bucks, you can learn how to edit in iMovie. You might not have a Twitch channel, or you might just want to make your TikTok videos a little bit cooler, put some text on them or something. You, it's really easy to learn this stuff if you dedicate the time to it. So that's kind of why I'm psyched about my new job too. I'm sorry to keep going back to that, but maybe I'll get a chance to do some video stuff or direct somebody on how I picture a video should go. Because like I said, I think it's better when it comes to cameras and lights and, and videos and, and photographs. Better than not me just trying to th throw everything against the wall. Better to hire somebody good. But I feel like I can have enough vision. And I also downloaded Final Draft. It's like a really good way to make storyboards. And Durson and I went out on a project that I was working on. And it was, in honesty, it was a complete failure. I kind of oversold myself and I completely take the blame that I was going to be able to shoot like a cool video and it wasn't going to have people in it. It was going to look very much like I was going to use like stock video, basically. And I was just in way over my head. The, the lesson was even when you're learning, you're going to make mistakes. And I have plenty of mistakes on this first stream here. I'm going to just try to figure them out. But yeah, that, that project was funny. That was pretty recently, but we hadn't seen each other and we got to go eat what you call it. We got to go eat Papa Gino's. In the end, it wasn't so bad. A couple of different related things, which is that I am booking again. We're booking shows. We're booking shows at the Hard Rock Cafe. I'm booking. I might even be booking a show at a place that should not be named, but I don't really want to do it. But there's kind of a lack of venues in town, and it's not. It's not my choice personally to. I'll just be honest. Go back to the Middle East and book again. I'm just going to be honest with saying that like, I have a hold there and I don't feel great about it. I don't know what else to do because in the end, it's like the show is going to get booked there anyways. So I don't know. It's a complicated thing. I want people to get back to work there. I know that there's actions that you know, the satyrs could take. I've been racking my brain about this thing for a long time. Anyways, whatever. I, nobody came here to hear me talk shit about my old works, but you know, if you hear that I'm putting a show there, don't be surprised. I'm telling you now, and I don't feel great about it, but I don't know. That's just, that's just the deal. If we do, I was thinking about coming up with a new name for when I do a hip hop show. So if you have any ideas, let me know what that could be. 
because we do some hip hop sometimes and it's not like really related to the podcast and it's not really related to the other rock music stuff that I do. That's just a request. I'm just throwing it out there. I could it could be any name. I'm just trying to think of a name that might be cool hip hop. Oh, I can do a little show and tell here. This is cool. So maybe I'll go to camera two and I'm gonna turn around this way. Really not a lot of room in this part. Okay. This is cool. Moving stuff. I also found some things that my dad had just given me from the old house in Abington. But it was funny because the other day, it's going to focus on that. I don't know if you can see that. This is also on my Instagram. I didn't think about, I didn't think out that easily how, how to uh, get this thing to focus or whatever. Anyways, what this says is visitor past U.S. House of Representatives, Clay Fernal, my little signature there from when I was a kid. Signed by Ed Markey. And this was the 99th Congress, which I think is like 86, 84, something like that. And I didn't see this initially when I when I had unpacked all of my stuff. This is actually for the Senate chamber. And it's signed by John Kerry. I just, it's sort of like I found this one a couple weeks ago. And then I might have known this was there, the Senate one. But yeah, I, I just thought it was cool. I wanted to show it off. So maybe this is better. It should be better that way. It's really cool. I think it's funny to read the back of these two. So I'm going to read the back. As a guest of your representative, capital R, we trust that you visit to the house chamber will be pleasant. The rules of the gallery are simple. Nothing may be taken into the galleries other than articles of clothing or handbags. Guests are to be seated at all times to refrain from reading, writing, smoking, eating, drinking, and applauding. Guess what? People used to smoke fucking everywhere. Everywhere people were smoking. Hats may not be worn except by gentlemen. So really, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Your gentleman must take his hat off. This pass will be honored by the House Gallery doors during the entire 99th Congress, except the occasion of joint session. So I got to thank my uncle for getting these when we were way little kids and he was in the Air Force. Provisions are in effect to accommodate handicapped visitors. Of course they are. This is the Senate one. It's probably the same, but I'm going to check it out anyways. Nope. No, it's actually a little different. No packages, bundles, cameras, suitcases, or briefcases allowed in the galleries. Standing or sitting in the doorways and aisles, smoking. Smoking, I'm telling you. People love smoke. Applauding, reading, taking notes, taking photographs. No photographs, no selfies. <laughs> Wearing of hats by men. The hat thing was a big, this is a big deal. It's a hat. My nana used to say, my dad's mom, no hats in the house, no baseball hats, no nothing. No hats, coats, other objects may be placed on the railings. Yeah, you don't want to do like a junior mint on the Senate floor. Visitors gallery pass be honored. 99th Congress. Firearms and dangerous weapons are prohibited within the Capitol fire buildings and grounds. Of course they are. Come on. This passes for your use only is not transferable. So this has an expiration date. We cannot uh, use these. But I thought they were really cool. So I wanted to share them. What else we got? I guess we could talk just for one second about Loki. I think that the key to Loki being good is Owen Wilson. And I think it's going to be good. I think the last two, well, I'll say it this way. I think that the Marvel shows are not as good as the Netflix Marvel shows. They're better than the S.H.I.E.L.D. show, but they are not as good as Daredevil, Punisher, etc. Even... Defenders, I would throw in there. 
we all know everyone hates Iron Fist. So we would tear those guys down. Iron Fist, Shields, down here, whatever. But that's what we would do. We would do that. We would take them and remove them from the list. I don't know. Loki looks to be good. These just all seem like really long trailers for the movie. And I guess you can't really blame her for that. I don't know. WandaVision was cool. I liked the mystery part of WandaVision. Like we didn't know what was going on for a lot of, you know, it's like a really low grade true detective. Like what is going on here? What? Ooh, whoa. Captain Winter Soldier was cool just for comics reasons, like the U.S. agent and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And there were great things about Falcon Winter Soldier. Don't get me wrong. So great. But it's no Mandalorian, and it's also no Daredevil. So I will go out on a bang and leave it there. Okay, so, yeah, here's something I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about Punisher t-shirts. The Punisher symbol has been obviously co-opted by evil dickheads that nobody likes, right? So what do you do about that? Heroes and Villains came out with this cool Mike Zek Punisher. So these are kind of cool, in my opinion. I've been buying stuff from them. I have way too many comic book t-shirts, but I kind of want them to be nice. I've also been wearing a lot of long sleeve black t-shirts. I don't really, not really jazzed on... I don't know what you can see. Yeah, I'm not really jazzed on that one per se, but I don't really like that one. It's not that great, you know what I mean? But I like the purple. I kind of like the purple one. So let me cut to there so you can see the full screen here. Obviously, no one's going to wear this one. If you're wearing this one, you're wearing it for the wrong fucking reasons, all right? You're an asshole. That's why you're wearing that. But can I get this one i can get this one i think it's kind of cool but is it also like i don't want to be mistaken for some sort of an asshole this one i don't like because i wish this punisher thing was just on the front maybe i don't really like that i don't want to have the symbol i don't want to have the actual skull but this is like this hoodie if the, i wish this hoodie was a t-shirt I, I want a lot of things that they're not giving me I want this just as a t-shirt. But maybe it's just like retire Punisher as an idea in fashion for me. I used to always have a Punisher t-shirt. It was like the first comic book t-shirt I ever bought. <laughs> maybe you can offset it with something that you're not. Yeah, I know. I guess I could. I guess I could. It's just so weird because those guys also ruined Hello, Aloha shirts. But... They ruined the Aloha shirts. I don't like that. Look at this shirt, man. It's awesome. It's got plants on it, man. Sometimes you got to take shit back is all I'm saying. I, I say that when I did my stream outfit. But, yo, I'm serious. We got to take this Aloha shirt back. Let's, let's take it back from them. I don't think that the Punisher skull is going to be a good option for people at all. That you, you just got to... Don't wear it. I don't want to say they can have it, but they can have it. Because you know that when you're walking down the street and you see a pickup truck and it has one of those fucking things on it, man. Whoo! Angry. Gets you angry. It angers up the blood. Oh, boy. And now I'm all worked up now. I'm all worked up now. On to the news. On to the news. On to the news. Okay, here we are. Marijuana news. 
I don't want to sign up for the damn hills, stupid thing. Okay, look at this money, dude. Look at it. $2.7 billion in recreational pot taxes, 2020. That's nationwide, but reminder that it's not federally available. What is everyone's problem? Just make it legal everywhere. Look at how much money you can get. People are always talking about the deficit and, and whatever and how expensive the American Rescue Plan is. Dude, the money's right here. Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously. Like, seriously. $2.7 billion in recreational. I guess they don't charge, I think in Massachusetts, they don't charge taxes on medicinal marijuana. But these other revenues and fees and stuff that all the government gets a little taste of, you know? A new report from the Marijuana Policy Project, a pro-legalization group, who I actually got an email from because I do a newsletter sometimes that's Cannabis News. It's actually maybe it's, it's better suited for here. So this is the same thing that I was going to report on in my newsletter. But states have collected a total of $7.9 billion in tax revenue since the first states, Washington and Colorado, began allowing recreational pot in 2014. So $7.9 billion since 2014 but 2.7 billion in one year get out of town dude what is everybody's problem with this there's no problem what we need is to get fetterman in the senate and then boom that's what i'm saying here's another thing i've been seeing that's kind of cool which is that a lot of beverage companies including our very own boston beer company which i think is what, Sam Adams, Boston Beer Company, Constellation Brands, Molson Coors is in it, AB. I mean, just imagine people drinking cannabis sodas at a cookout, which people are doing now already, by the way. But just imagine that that's what's going down. No one's going to drive drunk. I mean, they shouldn't drive under the influence of cannabis either. But still, come on, dude. Now we got sodas. So it is for everybody. More about the taxes here. More about the revenue. I mean, come on. Let's move on from sodas. Which recreational states the highest taxes? Okay. Let me get a little graph here. I want to make sure you guys can see it. Yep. So I don't know what. Oh, I guess we're digging into the numbers here. So we're in the dark blue, whatever that means. Vermont, Maine. It's almost all New England. New England is funny. Like, this should just be this big block of dark blue up here. Of course, the whole West Coast. Look at that. Alaska. I'm surprised Hawaii isn't really one of the blue states. But I guess let's check it out. There's only one, two, three, four, five, nine states that even sell records. States where marijuana is legal, not sold at Maine, Vermont. Okay, well, that's going to be coming soon, we assume. California, 15%. Massachusetts 10.5. So even though we are generating a lot of revenue in Massachusetts from records, not as high as California and Colorado, Colorado being the legacy state, everything works out for them with cannabis in Colorado, as far as I know. California too. Let's look at Chicago. 7% excise tax of value at the wholesale level. 10% cannabis flower. They got like different tax codes for... Who knows? Who knows why they do it that way? This Washington State, Seattle, 35%? They charge 35%. You know what, though? People are going to pay it. 
and they don't care. So why isn't it legal everywhere? Why isn't the government looking at this to make money? I can't, I just, I can't even. All right. So I don't know if anyone's paying attention or if Tom's still here. I want to know, what was your first computer? Just like, was it a TRS-80? Was it a VIC-20? Was it a Commodore 64? What was it? Because I found that a lot of people that are super into streaming and gaming, which I'm not, I always say I'm not a gamer. <laughs> I almost pulled up the Tetris terminal to play with you guys. I'm going to figure out a way to game on here. I'm sure that I can, but I, it would be so painful to watch it for you guys. I know. It. But anyways, let me know in, in your comments if you've seen this on YouTube, what your first computer was. Mine was a Commodore VIC-20 and it has a cool C logo which is the Commodore logo. And I always like, I kind of try to co-op that when I can. It's like cool. Like look at even this image is like perfect. Here we go. A Texas Instruments TI-999. I feel like my cousin had one of those. I will, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up on images. Look at this shit. Look at the, oh, I remember this. Oh yeah. So it kind of had like a little place to put a cartridge. And the world's first 16-bit home computer. Yeah, because I think that the VIC-20 was an 8. What? I don't even know if it was an 8-bit. Look at this thing. What a beast. Beautiful. Oh, I remember this this home screen thing, too. I still remember that almost from school. I remember like there was that turtle program. I learned programming in, in turtle. Why don't we type in? I want to see if it what comes up. It's like you made the thing drop pictures or whatever move move cursor 50 pixel these are not really i remember more looking like this when we were done which is the sort of having it draw spirograph kind of things for whatever reason that's all i remember it doing oh my god i've gotten way off track from the commodore computers but i just love old computers i, I wish that there was a way i could play a Vic 20 video game on Twitch. I think that would be really fun. Cosmic Crunchers was the ultimate Pac-Man knockoff. Look at this. Commodore Computers was founded by Auschwitz survivor Jack Tremell in 1954. Wow, that's super cool. And just like IBM, they made adding machines, electronic calculators, boop, boop, boop. Fast forward to the year of punk rock and personal computing, 1977, when they found they made i think they made like the commodore the commodore pet yeah see there it is that was literally i knew that i wasn't trying to flex and be like yeah i know that the first computer in 77 was a pet look at this thing man it looks totally 2001 space odyssey shit and there's an enterprise on there they were always very commodore is very star trek they had a shatner ad that this is like the vic 20 so this is basically me right here at the computer and then poor dad's got his black coffee trying to figure out his finances there's no way you could have had this thing run any sort of program that would help you with your money or anything like you could print stuff out or whatever but you were if you were tracking your finances the commodore vic 20 you were you're you're effed man you're effed i don't know if i'm oh tom can you tell me is it bad if i swear on twitch because i literally don't know is it I've swore a couple times because we usually swear on our podcast. So I'm not kind of not really hip to what the rules are. 
1982, the Commodore 64 came into our lives. I had an uncle that basically worked at an electronics place. So he would always get us this cool stuff. We didn't have this printer, but we had another printer that was similar to it. We didn't have this disk drive. We had a disk drive that was compatible with the VIC-20. It looked like this, but very close. These monitors, dude, this monitor is my favorite thing in the entire world. I would watch movies on it, <laughs> anything. It's so great. It's got the two AV things in the front. It's really awesome because it's a nice chunky button to turn it on and off. I love that thing. Because you could always, with Commodore computers, you can always do stuff with the audio and visual out just straight up out of the thing, which was true through to the Amiga. Look at this dude, man. That is a Commodore portable computer, the SX64. It did not go very well for them, as far as I understand. Even Steve Jobs' Lisa, I think, beat it out in the marketplace. And that was a terrible computer that nobody liked. I almost remember when people rolled around with these things. Pretty crazy. But I do remember the first laptop I saw was something, and it was playing a Jeopardy game. Commodore Plus 4 was basically, I always wanted one, but there was no reason to have it. It was just a Commodore 64 made in Japan. 128 comes around. We get one of these too. Yeah, it's just maybe our disk drive was this 1570 because we still rocked this 64 for such a long time. But then 128 is bigger in size. And yeah, storing stuff on floppy disks, writing papers and whatnot. The Amiga. Now, I never had an Amiga at home, but had an Amiga at the school when you get to high school, rather. And then you could do all sorts of cool animations and output the video. Oh, this is cool. This is another, maybe I'll just, uh, I'll bookmark this for next time because I'm going to wrap it up now. But look at Golden Age of Atari home computers, IBM PCs, Golden Age of TRS-80. I'll look back at Radio Shack computers. So I think that's worth checking out next time. If I do another stream, which I'm probably going to, to be honest, there are words that are go against TOS, but your average curse words are okay. I don't know how, this is going to be kind of like a rare setup for me, honestly, because my first stream, yes, our kitchen isn't really set up like this. My desk usually faces over here and I'm just doing this through the stream, basically. And it kind of makes the house look like a mess. And I'm going to have a, a setup. I want to get, make sure my Logitech camera works and I don't have to use the cheapies like I do for uh, camera two. I mean, I love you, camera two. You're the best. You've been so reliable. So no shade, no lemonade there, camera two. I like you. And I think your color correction is better than the one I did on here. So much love. What am I saying? What I'm saying is I rent an office where I'll be doing my secret Boston work from a couple of days a week. So I just, I go over to Sal's house. I got to set up everything over there at Sal's, the two cameras, I think. So, but I feel like you don't need that much room. And all I really need is a blank thing behind me. I also have a green screen thing that goes on the back of a chair. So this whole frame could be green screen. And I could just put something cool behind me or I can put the whatever I could put the chat or I can put the, I don't know. I could put other stuff back there. So I'm not even, I'm not even so bummed about that, but I think I can find room else to like make a streaming setup, like be make it look cool or whatever. Wow. So Tom, thank you for coming to my stream. I really appreciate it, brother. I'll figure out a way to watch your stream and support, send you a sub or something or other. I'm like, that's how new Twitch I am. Like, I really don't know what the deal is, but this was super fun. 
I had a great time, even if I was just talking to Tom and to Andrew later, I guess, you know. But I'm going to sign off now. Everybody, thanks for joining me wherever. If you did, you know, maybe put a little clip show up on YouTube. We heard you. We saw you. Hey, you know, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, you know what? If, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to cut over to here because if I look at, at it's oh, your your chat was there for like a second. Maybe it's just because I like don't have a lot of people in there. I don't know how that works. But yeah, lots of stuff to figure out with OBS. It's super fun. Two minutes over. I'm going to say peace out. Thank you. Wow, you gave my maiden stream an A minus. That's way too generous, dude. C, C plus.